Hey guys, this is Allie from the Chantel Rayway team, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us for our 100th episode. This is a huge milestone for our team, and we just want to take a minute to say thank you to all of the incredible guests who've come on the show, and especially the listeners like you who've been so engaged. We appreciate all your questions and all your emails and your feedbacks. We couldn't have made it this far without you, so we want to send a huge thanks to everyone that supported us and contributed so much to this podcast. To celebrate this huge milestone, we're releasing not one, but two episodes with two of your favorite guests, Dr. Justin Marcagiani and Dr. Marisol, the poop expert. We received so much feedback from these guests after they were on the show, a lot of follow-up questions, and we know you guys really loved them, so we wanted to bring them back to celebrate with us. So thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for all your support and all your love. It means the world to us. Enjoy the show. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way. And each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Okay, this is from Tracy in North Carolina. I have researched all the different ways to know if I have parasites or not, all of the signs and symptoms, and I am 100% convinced that I have them. The tests are so expensive, like $300 for a stool test, and this is so much money when I already know I have it. So my question is, what is the cure for parasites? Is there an herbal medicine I should take or something stronger like an antibiotic? The main issue I have is chronic brain fog, memory issues, crawling sensation under my skin. I also have iron deficiencies, low vitamin B and D, and my butt itches. Are there any parasite cleanses that you recommend? Okay, great. That's good. So I, I, I'll, I'll caution this listener. You know, I love Dr. Google, right? I'm sure you love Dr. Google as well too. Um, there's so much, as I said earlier on in the podcast, there's so many crossovers with symptoms of parasites and overgrowth of bad bacteria or overgrowth of yeast in the gut. You know, so like brain fog is super common in both of these conditions. You know, if you've got like a tingling, itchy skin, like crawling sensation, you know, that can be high levels of histamine in the body. And histamine uh, comes from food sensitivities, food allergies, and even environmental allergies as well too. Right, so there's so much crossover. So it's really difficult to say just from the symptoms alone uh, without having the signs. So when, when we're treating in medicine, symptoms is basically what the patient tells us. The signs, however, is what the doctor will see and observe. So what the, we'll see, you know, how the patient is looking, you know, maybe we'll look into the, into the eyes. Are, oh, they're anemic, right? Because this patient or this person mentioned that she's anemic, right? So, you know, if you look into the, into the bottom of the eyes, if it's very pale, you can, you can. Oh, I want to check that. So okay. yeah, you can do, do, do so you have. So, so say that again. So if I, so you, you, you pull your eye down. Yeah. And you can actually, if you look at the, the, the blood under like the lid, if uh -huh. it's really pale, you could be indicating, uh, uh, anemia. 
right? So your blood isn't isn't sufficiently fed. Oh, can you look at my eye? Oh, I wish I could see, but unfortunately <laughs> through the computer, it's too hard. And this, this, this is actually a really good point. So, you know, this is the value of having, you know, I, I'm online, I love being online, but this is the value of having a doctor nearby because you do want to be seen. You know, in my clinic, we do an initial intake where we just do talk. And then on our second visit for an hour, we sit down and I actually physically examine them top to bottom because there's so many signs that I'll see. Mm. Another, another aspect of the sign component is the lab testing. So I understand so much that the lab testing are expensive. However, you really do want to be getting tested with at least a stool sample for parasites because what's happening is that if you don't have a parasite, you don't want to have to treat a parasite like a paper right. tree. Treating a parasite is pretty intense. And in my opinion, you know, you do need to get uh, a pharmaceutical drugs and an antiparasitical treatment in terms of a conventional medicine drug to treat a, a, a parasite properly. Um, you could, what you can do, of course, is support it with natural treatments, making sure that your body's going to the bathroom properly so that if you are taking an antimicrobial or an antiparasitical, what you can do is eliminate when things are dying off in the body so that you don't feel ill. And so that's its best place. And, and another area where it's very good is say castor oil packs as an example. Like cat, any patient in my clinic who's treating for a parasite, when I was treating for a parasite, like in Nicaragua, you know, I had my castor oil pack with me, thank God. You know, castor oil packs, one of their mechanisms of action is that they break down biofilm. And biofilm is made by bacteria, yeast, parasites in the gut. It's basically like a, a spider web and a protective mechanisms that these invaders make into our body in order for them not to be noticed or not to be you know, uh, killed off and eliminated out of the body. So they're protecting themselves and they're protecting their survival. So castor oil is one of the only natural things that is really effective at breaking down biofilm. And it breaks down biofilm, not rapidly because ra biofilm takes a, a slow amount of time to grow. It only is broken down over time, the biofilm. Whereas antiparasitical drugs, antimicrobials, antibiotics, they aren't very effective at breaking down biofilm because biofilm, again, is slow, growing and slow breaking down and antibiotics are fast, fa they work fast and they work at fast multiplying, fast uh, multiplying bacteria, right? Mm. So if you need a specific different treatment, so castor oil packs, you know, someone like someone who's asking a question like this in my clinic, of course, I'm not their doctor, so I can't give them, you know, specific recommendations. Um, but someone in my clinical practice who would come in with this, I would say, you know, let's start doing the most basics of therapies, you know, let's get you tested, you know, in the meantime, let's do the basics, which is castroepox, you know, always things like probiotics for the digestive system, and the very least, you know, I always combine my probiotics and clinical practice with alkalinizing agents, because, you know, good bacteria like to be in the proper environment of the gut, and things like parasites, you know, in an, in an acidic environment, they tend to thrive. You know, so you want to make sure that you, you, you get the right kind of mix. That's a start. And then get tested because you do need to get tested. And the actual gold standard, as I said earlier, for parasite testing, and it's rarely, rarely done, is actually three consecutive uh, stool tests. And it's rarely done. Typically, people will do one stool test. But the thing is, is that, and it makes so much sense why you need to do three. You need to do three because you want to see not only what's at the bottom of the intestine, you want to see what is coming up later on in the intestine as well too, right? And you want to confirm. 
Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. Okay, this next question is from Evelyn in Sacramento. I've taken three different food sensitivity tests over the past couple years, and they all say something different. I don't understand why my results keep changing, and it's frustrating that I keep spending money on them. I don't even know if these tests are accurate and which ones are the best to take. It's a great question. And I've done an in-depth video on this. I've done podcasts on this. So feel free, head over to justinhealth.com. Use that search bar because everything I do is transcribed. So that's helpful. So number one, typically if you love it, rotate it. So any food that you frequently eat with gut permeability issues, meaning leaky gut, you will eventually develop a food allergen to it. So clinically, I don't do a ton of food allergy tests. They can be helpful. I don't do a ton because if I'm working with, I'm working with someone that has a gut issue, SIBO, and a parasitic infection, low stomach acid, poor enzymes, gut permeability issues, they may run a test and they may come back with strawberries as a food allergen. Well, now we're eating more blueberries. Now blueberries come back next month. So it becomes this moving target whack-a-mole that gets really frustrating. So I look at going through the six R's, removing the bad foods. If you love it, rotate it, right? Replace enzymes and acids because food's not digested properly, even if they're healthy, can become an issue. Three, repairing the gut lining and or the hormones because that's important for inflammation and good barrier function. Four, remove the infection. So the second R, that's where we remove the infections. Fifth R, repopulation, re-inoculation. Sixth R, retest to make sure we got it all and there's no new stuff. So we go to that six R. I recommend if you love it, rotate it. And food allergy testing is better, I find, when your gut's in better shape and you're eating a variety of food and you're feeling pretty good and you want to just see, is there any extra immune activation? That's where it can be more helpful. If not, I kind of start off with like an autoimmune elimination diet kind of having some variety to those foods so we're not eating the same things all the time, getting our immune systems revved up. Yeah, we get this question over and over and over again, like in just different forms, but literally that's what they say. They're like, well, I took this test and it said I'm allergic to A, B, C, and D. Then I waited two months and now I'm allergic to none of those. And now I'm allergic to, and you really feel like that. Like, and these tests are expensive. So you're spending all this money and it's like, oh, now I'm allergic to this. You literally could drive yourself insane because you're like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can, absolutely. And there's sometimes you run those tests and there's certain foods like it says gluten's okay, but you know that this person can't eat gluten because there's more immune reactions than what you're seeing. So I did a podcast with Dr. Russell Jaffe and he, he's um, part of the ELISA ACT test. He does, he runs that test. Now the ELISA is interesting because it looks at IgG and IgA, which are your typical food allergen ones. The big one you see now is the Everly Well, that's primarily IgG, but there are other T-cell Um, immune-mediated food responses that aren't going to be picked up in an IgG or IgA. So you have to know that there are other potential immune system things that could be happening underneath just that IgG, IgA that's conventionally tested. So if someone calls you, are you going? Are you even going to do a food allergy test? Typically not, especially with patients. 
um, when they have issues off the bat because there's too many other driving factors that are causing these issues to begin with. So we focus on those within the six hours that I mentioned. Some people have a lot of SIBO. They may have to address FODMAPs or salicylates or phenols or autoimmune foods. Some people, they're eating great, but they're just not breaking down those foods. And that can be a problem too because the foods rancidify, putrefy, ferment, and that can be an issue too. It's not just the food. It's are you breaking that food down too? Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.